What is good, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Fantastic Hip Hop Podcast. Yes, now, before sir, we yes, start, we are in the building. Now, before we start this episode, I just want to thank everybody who watched the first episode, who shared it, who supported it. We ended up peaking at 98 on the Apple Podcast 200 chart, and we did great on all the other platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Google, etc., it was super big, and we're going to keep that energy going. This podcast is only going to get better from here. We're working on other things. We got a bunch of interviews in the works. So listen, everything's only going to get better. Today, going up. Going today, up. Is already, today is already going to be a banger. We have a special question and answer interview. Now, it's not a live interview. I talked to this guy months ago. We had a great conversation. I asked him some great questions, great information. And, you know, he gave me a lot of interesting things, a potential album that will be coming out soon. So all my fans of a particular rapper from New York who maybe has a mixtape named after a year, listen out for that. (laughs) 2000 and no, I'm not talking about 2001 by Dre. But um, maybe it came out in like 2012 and it's named after a year. Maybe that's like 17 years before that or something like that. Be on the lookout for that later. But today we have a question and answer with the one, the only, the legendary Static Selected. Now, for those who don't know, Static Select is a producer from Boston. He's been in the game for a while. He's produced for so many different great artists. He's produced so many great beat tapes, so many great compilation projects. He just released two albums recently. He just released a collaboration album with Brooklyn's Code of the Friend called To Kill a Sunshine, which my review on that is also going to be dropping Monday when you're listening to this, probably a little after. This is going to be like Static Selected Day on Fantastic Hip Hop. So we love you, Static. And the project is dope. You'll see my full thoughts later. And he dropped The Balancing Act, which was a solo album from him in November. And that album was also really good. It made my top 50 albums of the year. It was super dope. Features from Nas, Black Thought, Joey Badass, so many great dudes, so many great dudes. It was a great album. And this guy really doesn't miss. So I want to thank Static for sitting down, talking to me, giving me all this information. And we're going to be talking about 15 different questions that he answered. And we're going to just run through them see what he had to say, and we're going to talk about them because there's a lot of interesting stuff here. So we're going to waste no more time. Let's get right into it. Anthony, you got anything to say about this? I mean, gosh, this is a, this is a concrete legend of a producer, all right? When we talk about, when we talk about guys that he's worked with, we're talking Raekwon, Big Crit, Badass, West Side Gun, I mean, a million and one guys, all legends, and, you know, he himself is a legend. So... We're hyped. We're hyped today. You know? we're, we're, we're happy and we're blessed that, you know, Static reached out to us. and, and um, I reached out to Static. Just he, he didn't reach out to us. But. We reached out to Static, but the Static responded. He did. He did ah, respond. He did ah. respond. We're, we're going places. And um, next episode, I just going to hint at this, too. We have a face to face interview with another producer who's worked with a lot of people. So be on the lookout for that. So, all right. Now, the first question I asked Static could be, you know, considered a basic question to some, but I think it's important, especially for aspiring producers out there who are, you know, looking for inspiration, looking for, you know, ways to improve their beats, looking for ways to, you know, spark something in their careers. So I asked him, what got you into making music? And he responded with this, just listening to hip hop growing up. I used to make pause tapes beat first by manually looping samples with a cassette, which you know, for my producers out there, you understand what he's talking about, how he's crafting the beat, especially, I mean, you know, this has got to be going back to the 90s, maybe even the 80s. But I mean, so, you know, obviously it's different now, you know, you pull out a computer, pull out a garage band, you can just, you know, put together anything. And sometimes those beats could be really good. But, you know, back then, again, you had a lot more manual 
physical hands-on stuff you had to do craft had the right tools so this guy is really a heat static is a student of the game he's been making beats since you know for a while and um you know it all started there so um that's our first question any any thoughts on this gels i mean you know I, i'm assuming that that's a good way for all you aspiring producers out there to really start working on stuff um looping stuff and, and it I don't know if it's easier or harder nowadays. What do you think? You think it's probably I, easier or harder? I think it's got to be easier. I think dudes like Static, obviously Kanye West, they they really had to. Jay Z even was making beats at one point in his life. Like a lot of these dudes had to, you know, find actual manual instrumentals, pull them out of tapes, vinyls, cassette. I mean, it's still, you know, there's still things that are done the way they were in the old school. But you didn't have the internet. You didn't have all these tools, all these instrumental tools right at your keyboard right on your phone if i want to go on my phone right now i can make a beat it's gonna be fucking shit but i can make a beat you couldn't just do that back in the day it's definitely easier now but um yeah 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 so we're gonna move on to our second question which this one's a juicy one for some but we asked static he's worked with a lot of dudes from literally everyone from like jack harlow and g easy to like havoc from mob deep Rome streets this this guy has all ears in all different sectors of hip-hop and we asked him who's your favorite rapper to work with he said probably joey badass our workflow is just so natural since 2012 and static and joey have done a lot of things together static has produced on every single badass project or every major badass project and um you know they have a ton of solo tracks together tracks on statics work and a lot of joey's best songs are produced by static so yeah this is definitely a um you know obviously i i, I did expect this answer i think joey and static have a special relationship that not a lot of other rapper producers have in this day and age but um yeah i'm looking forward to whatever they're going to do in the future and we may get to that later spoiler alert and now we're going to go to our third question, which is, in your opinion, what's the best song you have ever made? And now what he said about this is he said that this is a hard one. And obviously, you know, you got to understand that talking about, you know, how many albums this guy has made hundreds of hundreds of songs in his career. So this is, again, a deep question. There's a lot of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of um. Gels, help me out here. There, there are a lot of songs he's produced. There, there's so many options that he could go, with, especially somebody with his caliber of, you know, releasing music. He releases with a lot of great artists, and he releases a lot of great beats to, you know, accompany these these artists' flows, I guess. And um, it, it, asking, it's like asking somebody who's got, you know, eighty two kids who their favorite kid is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I went blank there trying to, you know, describe how hard of a question this is, especially for someone who's, you know, making the actual song. It's not like this is just, you know, asking a fan, but this is actually the person who's made all these songs. And what Static answered with was Beautiful Life, which features Action Bronson and Joey Badass, one of his go to guys. Obviously, we we're just talking about him. Bronson's another dude. He's worked with a lot Two great New York artists, great East Coast anthem, beautiful production, beautiful songwriting. I personally do love this song. It's an amazing cut, especially, you know, having Bronson and Joey on a song. That's something that, you know, you don't get a lot. I mean, you know, they've collaborated a couple of times, but over the static production, it just makes it one of a kind. So this is definitely a answer that I co-signed, although I do think he has a lot of other great songs which would contest with this. In my opinion, this is an amazing answer. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on. The next question we were asked now, going on to the points of some of his best work, in his opinion, I asked, what's the best album you've ever made? 
Now, this one I think is even tougher because now we're not even taking a single piece. Now you're talking about an entire body of work. So um, what Static answered with is either eight, which came out in 2017, or what goes around. So both of these albums are super star-studded, super stacked. And um, I really like these. I also do think the balancing act is right there, which is what he made in 2020. I think the features on there, I think his production, he really outdid himself. But these are both great answers. Um, I think eight is definitely probably his most star-studded record. I mean, you had two chains on there, run the jewels, Griselda. It it was great. But I think that what goes around definitely has some of his more deeper tracks, hard tracks that really resemble like hip hop at its roots. So I think they're two different mediums of, you know, his greatness as a whole. But I also think that his 2013 album extended play definitely deserves a say in this. I think that's one of my favorite producer albums ever. Um, you know, obviously everyone talks about the song with black thought, Joey badass Raekwon that whole album is always amazing. Yeah. I would have, I would have gone with, with extended play, honestly. But. Yeah. Extended play, is, extended play is great, but I mean, he has so many great There's albums, so, so many great EPs. I mean, it, it's a definitely a tough debate. You made so much music, but um, I love these two answers. And I think I definitely see where, you know, static feels super profound about both. Cause they're both represent two different sides of his career. I feel like, and um, you know, they both do that to the max. So, um, you know, so far we're getting great, you know, great answers. I love to hear all these different things, especially it's so interesting to hear these artists, how they feel about their own music. What do you think, Anthony? Uh, yeah, there's a level to that. I mean, I kind of expect every artist to just kind of, I guess, like their own music. You know what I mean? And so I, mean, yeah, I guess to an extent you grow out of a type of music that at one yeah. time you created. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel it's hard, though, to really, you know, like a lot of guys don't rank their music. They think it's too hard. They're like, I can't even listen to this music. It doesn't represent who I am anymore. There's a lot of people who just can't even do that. So for Static to be able to really go into his catalog and, you know, pick out projects, pick out songs, pick out collaborators who he thinks he works the best with, who what he thinks he did the best throughout his career. I really think that's, um, you know, it's special. And it's honestly super cool to hear from an actual artist about what they think is their best work. Because we all listen to these works. We consume them. We talk about what the best is. But to actually hear something about it from the person who it's coming from is just amazing to me. That's, yeah, because that's, a, that's an opinion that should matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, know, yeah. you asked... If you asked Kendrick Lamar what his what his best album was, you think he would respond with Tumble Butterfly? Or you think he would just I think he said that it was Good Kid Mad City. Or was Dan, maybe. I, I don't think it was I think he had I think because he ranked his albums like a couple I remember of years ago. In, yeah, it was in a Fantano video. I remember. Yeah. That. Do you do you remember what he said? Was it it was I, not I wanna say that he said at the time that Dan was yeah, uh, best did, album. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said. But he was, once yeah. again, that I mean, that could be recency bias, just because he said that when he was releasing. He was them. trying to get some, trying to you know get some more sales. Oh, this is better than damn. And I mean, Good Kid, Mad City. But he also did that. say that Good Kid, Mad City. He said to him, Yeah, fourth. Yeah. Uh, third, 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 right? third, third. Yeah, third. And then, but he also didn't include. He didn't untitled, include untitled. And yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's it really is interesting to see how these artists perceive their own works. I'd love to hear what Kanye thinks is his best album. Yeah. Like I, I would, I would pay, I would pay to hear that because that's just like such a deep answer. And like, really like, I don't, I, I don't know what he'd say because I don't think he'd say, I, I think he'd say my beautiful dark Christmas fantasy. I think he put too much effort into that album. The he, two years on Hawaii, he, right? He put too many man hours, too much blood, sweat and tears to, to not say it. But at the same time, I don't know. 
I know he likes Jesus a lot. I mean, obviously it's his fucking album, but I'm sure uh, he likes all of them a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a that's a tough question. So now we're going on to this fifth question we asked, and this one's a juicy one. Now, you guys for my press people out there, my news people, this is the question you're gonna want to quote. TMZ baby, where you at? Yeah, for my T for TMZ complex double XL. This is what you guys are gonna be stealing from me, probably in like five hours but i asked static selector over the years you and joey badass have made one of the best teams in hip-hop which obviously we talked about earlier i followed that up with do you think you two will ever make an entire rapper producer album together so obviously static produces all the songs joey's rapping which to me in my head this would be joey's magnum opus just hypothetically but we're gonna get to the answer now so static said this we have a few albums worth in the stash. We will see. I'm sure we will. Y'all heard it here. Joey Badass is dropping oh, tomorrow. Joey first. Badass Static Selector is dropping here tomorrow. First. Get it ready. Here first. This is this is actually amazing news. Um, you know, to say you have a few albums worth in the stash, not an album, not a few songs, albums worth in the stash. That is fucking huge. And the fact that I asked this question, I didn't think like static. I thought static would just skip over to actually like give me an answer to release to the public. Like, first of all, static, thank you for giving me this information because obviously you're one of my favorite producers. I love Joey Badass. I'm from New York. I mean, this is just, this makes me happy to hear. But more than that, like, this is fucking huge. I mean, I hope Joey's, I don't know when the hell Joey Badass is going to drop an album at this point, but. I mean, drop this or something. We need an album. And I'm sure this would be fucking amazing because you elevate the dudes you work with. I mean, we saw it with the Coda the Friend project you just did. You brought Coda that soundscape, that background that he's needed to make his songs more interesting. And I mean, obviously, Joey doesn't need that to the extent that Coda does because Joey's a lot better. But to put you behind that for an entire record, for you guys to be working together, binding ideas, something special. Let me just make it known. I mean, first of all, I love to hear that. I'm a big badass fan. So badass is, is really, really great. You, you love badass more than I love badass. I know. I love badass. Um, you did you did say it would be his magnum opus. So there's an album out there called 1999 that's kind of tough to beat. But didn't, didn't Drake make that? What? Didn't Drake make that? 1999? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> it's a Joey Badass album. <laughs> this mixtape action. Wasn't that the one Dr. Dre made with, with um, oh, Eminem and Exhibit and all those dudes? What are we talking about right now? Oh, oh, 1999. I'm, I'm fucking with you. I, I don't, you didn't pick up on it, I guess. No, like, why would you? If, 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 if I said, if I said, if that was a baby album, would you like think I was joking or would you still think I'm serious? You're just naming albums with other years. <laughs> you're just naming other. Sh- why are you? Uh, you're telling me it's his magnum opus. I'm telling you that 1999. Right, listen, you're I, telling me it's a baby album. I'm, I'm about to fuck all your minds. Now listen to this. Watch this. 2001 by Dr. Dre came out in 1999 and 1999 by Joey Badass came out in 2012. Illuminati confirmed. So irrelevant. Just move on to the next question. If you could, <laughs> just move on to the next question. <laughs> if you could if you could produce a song with any three rappers, not one, not two, but three, dead or alive. 
who are you taking? Now, this is a question I've asked to any producer I've ever talked to because it's such an interesting question. It shows where they take inspiration from, who they love. And we got a crazy answer for my New York hip hop heads, especially my New York hip hop heads in heaven. Y'all are going to be celebrating, banging your tins, throwing your Yankee hats in the air, maybe throwing them on Bobby Schmurda. I got to love the New York loyalty right now. The New York loyalty. Static Static is from Boston, but he is like, he is pretty, he is one of the New York, one of the New York guys. Like he, obviously he's very, you know, he's, he's he's working with badass Yeah. I mean, he's he's working with, yeah. I mean, this is what he said. He said, Biggie Smalls, the illest. Big pun, Mr. Capital Punishment, and the lyrical killer, the only guy who Nas was scared to rap against, Big L. Now, Fair enough. That, that song Fair enough. would be a fucking slaughter over a static select, a beat. You know, you throw in those, you know, those high pitch vocal chords, and you get some pulsing drums because static's drums are fucking heat. And then you get Biggie Pun and Big L rapping over that shit. That is kill. That is overkill. That may be the best fucking collab song of all time, bro. Ah, yo, talk to talk to their estates or something, Static, because we got to get that together. <laughs> talk well, to their estates. I don't know. We got someone. Someone. <laughs> we got We got to get a diplomat to heaven or something. I, I don't know. I mean, we, we got to make that shit happen. And, um, our next question. Now, this is the seventh question. Do you care? And and listen, as someone who again just is a weirdo and has this burning crave to review every hip hop album that drops, I love as- asking this again to producers. And you know, this is important to me because this is what I do. I make a lot of articles. I write a lot of reviews. I'm always talking about albums, how I feel about them, what I think they do in the scheme of hip hop. So I ask Static, do you care about what fans and critics say about your music? And he responded with. No, it's what I feel at the time. And as you know, pretty much this is an amazing answer. Even though I do, you know, I'm obviously the critic who cares about the music. I think as an artist, you really shouldn't give a shit about what your what critics are saying. Fans at to a lesser extent, because the fans are the ones supporting you. You want to make your fans happy, but I think your fans will be happy when you're following your passion, making passionate work that's felt, you know, near to you, which is what static does. He's not a sellout like other dudes in the game, but um, no, I think this is a great, I think, what'd you say? Subtle jab, like other dudes in the game. Like other dudes, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe with the same pigment as him and me and you, maybe they, they're from Detroit. Maybe their name is um oh, wow. Marshall Mathers. Maybe we're talking about, you know, just a, just a subtle jab. Oh, we're going to um, shout out in an Eminem song soon. If we keep taking shots at <laughs> like M, the M, red M, 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 person at me, the redheads person, <laughs> the redheads person at me. I gotta throw a person at him. <laughs> I'm about to, I'm about to kill another person again. Eminem, <laughs> listen, listen. The Marshall Mathers LP is great. Don't, don't cancel me. But um, all right. So um, listen. So he doesn't care, and I think again, this is just a great response. Fuck what fantastic hip hop says. Fuck what these big outlets say. It's all about what you care about. It's all about your art. It's all about how it makes you feel. Fuck the fans, even not fuck the fans, but fuck the critics. Besides me, you know, fantastic. You know, I'm I'm all right. Fantastic's I. Right. I'm all right. I'm all right. But um, we're gonna move on to um another question. This kind of ties into you know the last question in the sense where critics are kind of toxic, and this next thing is about the overall toxicity in hip-hop. I love so this I, I, I love asked my man Static, what's your least favorite part about hip-hop culture right now? 
and this is what he said. He said, the people making money off it that don't live it. You know who we're talking about? Who are we talking about? You know who we talking about? Who? You talking little shout out to last episode. If you haven't watched it yet, go stream that. TikTok. That's who I think. TikTok. All TikTok. These, all these clout chasing. TikTok. All these clout chasing, you know, bad artists who just throw a trap beat on or any sort of hip hop beat, try to spew some shit and call it rap. I love this answer and I agree with this. There's so many vultures and even the media. I mean, you know, you have so many people who run podcasts, run shows, obviously not us, not, you know, some of the bigger dudes too, but there are some big dudes, some Titans who exploit hip hop for its money. They exploit hip hop for the drama. They try to put artists against each, against each other, try to escalate things, bring out scandals, whether that's, you know, TMZ as a whole organization, ruining people's lives, ruining rappers' lives. Or someone like DJ Academics, who's a fucking pussy ass bitch and really needs to, um, you know, stop ruining people's lives, stop putting people in danger. Like he's put so many rappers in danger. He is a powerful enough to pull out these people right now. I don't give a <laughs> DJ Academics. Go fuck yourself. I don't care. He, we are empowered enough. Powerful. What is he gonna do? What is, What are they gonna do? So we've he's gonna make a diss track on us. Yeah, like. what, is, what is he gonna do? Go shove a donut up his mouth. He can go fuck himself. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with this. There's so many clout chasers. There's so many people who don't care about hip hop that are making money off of it now because they see it for the, you know, the cash grab, the cash cow that it is, I should say. So it's a great answer. Anything, yeah. anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, that's. Any, I don't any know other... if he's talking about TikTok, but I mean, that's how I read it. Only on the basis of you know, these are these are young dudes who are you know anywhere between. 17 and 22 years old who are just out there obviously nothing wrong with you know making a quick buck um but it's the people that you know that they think they're big and they think they're like they're big time rappers now because you know they they have a 15 second clip on a tiktok that went viral that that, that girls are just and literally their supported their whole tour um <laughs> Just, you know, that's not somebody that's living in hip hop to me. I mean, static selection may, may disagree, but that's just what I think, you know. I agree. No, I agree. I think I think between people like, you know, TikTok exploiters, people who are just trying to make a quick buck, whether that's with a number one song, a viral song, TikTok, whatever, or the people who are exploiting drama, beef and hip hop and trying to make the culture look like a bunch of animals, putting people in danger. I think between those, I think, yeah, definitely those are the worst elements the worst people worst types of people in hip-hop so um again i mean obviously you know static has lived through this for decades he understands he knows what's going on and i think one of the best things about him and so many other artists similar to him whether that's rappers or producers is that they're able to stay authentic to their sound they're able to stay authentic to who they are i really do appreciate that and um you know it's one of the reasons why you're one of the best producers of all time it's one of the reasons why you're so renowned and why everybody who has some sort of credibility in the industry wants to work with you. So again, um, shout out to static. He's a great fucking dude. Uh, we got now, um, we'd love to have you on by the way. If you want to listen static, you ever want to come on, dude, you know, you're more than welcome. Anyone, any rapper who, any rapper besides Ian Dior, you're more, and Lil Xan, you're Honestly, more than, you're more than I welcome want, to come on. I want Dior on. I want to, I want to just see you guys get into a fight. I want to see you, you and Dior. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like Fantano and like, o- like when Fantano and Oliver Tree, like they had their yeah. interview and then, uh, <laughs> Oliver Tree just, yeah, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, you know, I'd be for that having people who don't like me or I don't like on and we can just kind of like debate and see where it goes. That, that could be, that could be funny. That could be good. As content. much as you hate Eminem, let's get Eminem on. You know what I mean? Slim Shady, where you at? Yeah, Slim Shady, I'm calling you out. I gave you, I gave your last album a 3.4. 
I'm sure Slim Shady is literally like he's quaking over there. Right? I'm, sure he's, he's, I'm sure he's punching he's, the air right now. He's like, he's, he's like napkins, blapkins, blap. He's freaking Mr. <laughs> So now um, I asked this question and I think this is an amazing answer. You know, most people, when they talk about, you know, best rappers or anything, you know, best list, you're always going to bring up the best rappers. Who's your Mount Rushmore? Who's this? Who's that? As a producer, this answer I think is extra special. And I asked static who his Mount Rushmore of producers is. These are the four legends he answered back with the one and only Pete rock. Great guy. Peach Tremental series. Great work with CL smooth. Great. Dude's been around for decades and has, you know, consistently put out great work, whether that was his collaboration with Sky Zoo a couple years ago, going back to the 80s. He's got so much 90s. P-Rock is a legend. And that's, again, an amazing answer. Dr. Dre, obviously, you know, the one and only. I do think he is a little overrated in the sense as a producer, more as a rapper. I think his discography as a artist is a little overrated but as a producer he paved the way for g-funk for west coast hip-hop and that's something that's really and been... just as an influence just yeah. as an influence as an influence yeah he's on unde- undeniable one of the best one of the most important figures in hip-hop but yeah definitely he is a great producer he's done so much important work with people whether that's nwa snoop dogg you know the little stint with tupac the game Say Lamar, it. Kendrick Lamar, Busta Rhymes, Eminem. Oh, Eminem, you were <laughs> right. actually it kind of went blank for a second, but I mean Dre has done so much, even like in his later career, like Anderson Pack, like he was a big, you know, person who helps get packed to where he is at today. So um, you know, that's again another great answer. Now, this one I love even more. Q tip again, rep in New York, tribe called Quest has done so much across so many different eras. Q-Tip is an all-time legend in every regard, whether you're talking about him as a rapper, as a producer. So phenomenal. One of the jazz rap pioneers. And you can definitely hear, I think, the Q-Tip influence, especially in Static's production. A lot of the, um, you know, the jazzy, more soulful samples and tones, melodies that he goes for. You definitely can hear that. And DJ Premier is going to be the number one or the first person he says. So that was from 4321. And again, you can hear a lot of Primo in static speeds which other that's the you know the drums especially the just the boom bap the boom bappiness i guess i don't know if that's a word but we're just making it one but these are amazing answers all legends great top four and um you know i could really see how you've pulled from all four of these guys and done something different with it which is super important and super amazing because this is a debate show if you if you had to pick one person that you think he missed who would you pick see the thing is now I feel, I mean, there's, there's people you could say, oh, this person should be here. This person could be here. Um, I think the thing is this list is definitely, um, you know, based on a lot of people who paved the way for hip hop. I'm not saying it's a bad list. I'm not saying, no, 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 I know, I know, I know. I think it's a great list, Um, but I'm just saying, I don't think that people who have come, you know, far after static or, you know, have been, you know, where static was in his early stages, like someone like Kanye West, who was, you know, doing his stuff kind of when static was starting to get his start. I don't, I, I understand why people like that want to be included, but um, if I think one producer would be missing from this list, I'd, I'm going with my man, Jay Dilla. Really? I want, I want, I want to see Mad Lib up in this. Yeah. Mad Lib's great too. I, 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 I think, I just think Jay Dilla, I don't know. they're Dilla's both great better. answers. I think they're both great. I mean, there answers. are a million yeah. guys because I mean, yeah. you said, I think Connie is a great producer. Yeah. You know, I just, I think for, for this Mike list, Dean. I can definitely see Dilla being there. 
it's Doug a tough, Adams, yeah. tough call one way or another. But I do like to list these, these pieces together here. Okay. And one way or another, everybody has to have Q-tip on there. So one way or another, everybody's got to have Q-tip. This is a great list, yeah. This yeah. is a great list. Okay, so this question is another interesting one. So obviously, again, this is kind of relating to the current scheme of hip hop, something that started during quarantine last year between Swizz Beats and Timbaland, the versus battle versus TV. It's turned into a crazy fucking thing. Obviously, started out with, you know, like RZA, DJ Premier, Nelly, Ludacris. We've gotten some even crazier ones. We had the DMX Snoop Dogg one. What was the one recently that we just had the Ghostface and Raekwon one? There's a Red Wasn't Man, the, Method the Man G- one. The Jeezy Gucci main one? Was it, yeah, the Jeezy Gucci main one. That was the one I was just forgetting about. That one was insane. We have even like, there's like an Isley Brothers Earth, Wind, and Fire one coming out. There was, oh, um, hey, stop it, yeah, they, these, the are, these are crazy. Like they are, you know, this, this thing is great. This, this, this whole culture is great. So I asked Static, um, if he was going in a versus battle against another producer, who would he want to be matched up against? Obviously, we saw the producers can do it. We saw RZA and Premier go at it head to head. So who would be the producer that Static would go against? And he gave an answer that is very respectable. And he said that he, he said, this is what he said. He said, eh, I'm not interested. He's got his own lane. So this is, again, another great answer. And this is another thing about Static that I really do admire. He's not, you know, ready to just jump on any trend, even when, you know, legends are doing it, people he's worked with. He is just not interested in this. It's not he for him. No drama. And- he doesn't need any drama like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you think? I mean, no one's going to come ripping his throat out. I mean, they're usually friendly. The Jeezy and Gucci main one got a little um, heated during some of it. But, you know, it was fairly friendly. I mean, you know. But um, we don't need that kind of cloud. He got cloud already. He don't need that kind of. Yeah, cloud. I mean, it's not not about Actually, that. Just... Yeah, scratch that. He don't he don't got cloud. He got fame. It's just his fame, not cloud. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dropping dropping the Drake line from um, 1999 on the on the um. We're gonna keep saying. <laughs> for those for those who don't understand um humor at all or sarcasm, obviously I know Drake didn't make. I didn't. I know Drake didn't make 1999. I was making a joke earlier, so I just want to clarify that. But um, again, yeah, Static, super respectable. This guy is one of the coolest people in the industry. Coolest per people in the industry I've ever talked to. Um, this is just you know you keep giving me great fucking answers. So much, so much admiration. Like I, I really you know like this is inspiring to hear the shit you're saying. But um, now this question. This question, our 12th question. I love this. This is it. This is it. This so is it. every static selective song has this iconic. Can I do it? Iconic. I'll let you do it. Opening tag. And tell tell us how it sounds. Static select. <laughs> it's more like static select. But but still, you get the point. It's that high-pitched girl saying his name. And it just is so satisfying. When you hear that tag, you know. You're about to get a fucking banger. So, I asked Static Selective, where did your iconic producer tag come from? And this is what he said. Her name is Erica. She did the drop at my crib in Roxbury in 2002. So, first of all, this production tag is from 2002. So, we're going almost, you know, now that's almost two decades ago, which is absolutely insane to think about. But here's what's more important. Shout out, Erica. Shout out to <laughs> our girl, Erica. Erica. Shout out to our girl, Erica. Erica, I don't know your last name. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you look, but... um. But good looks, you, Erica. 
if you're listening, yeah, good looks for making this iconic tag. And if you're ever, ever interested in being on the Fantastic Hip Hop Podcast, we have a slot for you. All you got to do is DM me on Instagram, email me at fantastichiphopworld at gmail.com. Just, all you have to do is tell us, hi, I'm Erica, and then send us like, as, a voice As soon memo. as I – all I need to hear is like, hi, I'm Erica. As soon as I see the word Erica, you're booked. You're booked. You're on the show. We'll do whatever. I want Erica on this show. Like, <laughs> like, all right. Like, if I, if I had the option, like, if, like, if Drake came up to me and was like, hey, I want to be on your podcast, and Erica was like, yeah, I want to be on the podcast, and they were both like, I only can record on, like, the 23rd. I'm taking Erica. Sorry. Go Erica yeah. Unfortunately. But we're using Erica. That's all I'm saying. So shout out Erica. <laughs> shout out Erica. Hope you're listening. Now we have two more questions. That's my bad. I said 15, but we have 14 questions. So the first one, or the second to last. And I think this is a great question because if you've ever talked or watched any documentaries about producers making beats, you ask them how long they make a beat. Some will tell you, oh yeah, you know, it takes five minutes maybe other people will tell you it takes days to get everything together to find the right samples to make all the right chords do all these right things to make these you know these niche scores that are gonna you know become the anthems of generations of hip-hop you know future people will hear they're gonna define whatever era you're in so it's really interesting to you know ask a producer especially of such a high magnitude you know one of the greatest how long it takes to make their beats so um I asked Static, how long does it usually take to make an instrumental? And he said, between 5 to 20 minutes. Depends. That's insane. I'm sorry. I, I'm, again, I don't make beats, but that just is fucking insane. You're telling me you produced from time. Um, or no, from, oh my God, from, that's the, my bad. I, I just tripped. Now you're I'm messing talking, it up on your own. Hold up. <laughs> hold up. You started this own thing with Drake in 1999. Yeah, now now I got Drake. Drake is poisoning me right now. Listen, this is we are not sponsored by Drake. Pusha T defeated Drake in the battle. I, I'm not a Drake whatever, but um, I'm talking about keep it moving. You're telling me you produced keep it moving with bass and nice, that beautiful sample drum switch pattern loop shit. You all the fucking changes unpredictableness max 20 minutes you max. did all that in 20 minutes, 20 minutes. insane, max. insane. Well, static max. static you are a fucking legend and that's just scratching the surface you you made time max. in 20 minutes you made the kill a sunrise beats in 20 minutes i mean that is crazy and anthony you are someone who is a aspiring producer you just started to make your own beats which eventually hopefully we can hear maybe you'll make the intro song for the podcast when we get one um so how long did it take you to make a beat yeah so um as somebody that is now just you know dipping his toes getting used to it um uh i've been watching a whole lot of youtube videos putting stuff together on a you know a digital workplace studio whatever it is uh it's the next about, the next dry it takes me about uh three to four hours <laughs> it takes me so long and it's not like a well put together song. It's just like a beat. It doesn't have like a song format. It's just like noise. A beat. Yeah. No, it's. I showed you some of my beats. They're listen, not, listen, they're not very good, good, but I've also only been doing this for like four days. Listen, everyone's got to start somewhere. So, you know, hopefully in like, you know, by episode like 10, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll have a song. Maybe by episode. Maybe by. Maybe you and Static make a collab beat tape. Huh? You guys are fucking going beat battling on songs. I don't. Like, I don't know. 
Question number 11, who he wants to do in his versus battle? Call me. Call me, Static. I will down you in like three years, maybe. Who knows? I don't think so, but could be. Static. Static from the from the other host of this podcast, Mark, Mr. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know, don't let's not tell Anthony this, but um he'll never hold a torch to you. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, I hate, wow. I hate to him, but um, you know, static, you're you're a legend. Ho ho's praying on my downfall. Praying on my downfall. I'm not saying you won't be good. I'm not saying you nah, won't be nah, great. Move on. Next question. But like, you don't even. You don't. Yeah, who's you your Erica? Who's your Erica? Like, keep you gotta start energy. off with the. You're my Erica. You're my Erica. Oh, what are you saying? You're my Erica. What I'm saying is, Anthony, I'm come over to your house and you're gonna record it right now. Give me a little. Give me a little producer tag right now. Go. Anthony. Make it on spot. Anthony. <laughs> Listen, it's it's. I I tried. I tried. Listen, I I I could I could make it deeper, Anthony. How about that? No. All right, we gotta get. Listen, listen. I'm not. I'm a writer. I'm I'm sort of a personality, you could say. I mean, you know, I I guess I have like a top 200 podcast now, but like, Anthony. I, I'm not. I'm not a voice actor, and also like, I'm I'm not a musician, so. You know, I, I just tell people their music sucks. I don't actually make this shit. So don't get mad at me. But, um, coaches don't play. Coaches don't. Of course. Play. I mean, you don't. I mean, you know, coaches don't play. Now, the last question, number 14. I asked Static, how do you decide who you want rapping over your beats? You know, you're listening to his songs. Do you just, you know, give them out to both like Jack Harlow and Black Thought at the same time? Or do you hear this beat and be like, Ah, oh, you know, G Easy should hop on this. So you hear another one and you're like, oh, you know, like Drake should hop on this. <laughs> Listen, someone tally how many times I said Drake this episode. But um, yeah, I think it's again, you you're know close to maxing out. So right now, you're close yeah, to maxing out. If I say if I say Alberry Graham's per stage name two more times, I'll kick I'll, I'm gonna kick myself off the podcast. And then we'll be so. staging auditions for the co-host um next Saturday, guys, in uh, Atlanta. Okay, and everybody. Erica, you can take my place. But um, static, static answered with, "I just heard it in my head." He just hears who you know. He hears it in his head. That's that's the level of vision that he's at at this point. Where like he can make a beat and just be like telepathic ways, like, "Oh, that's Black Thought." Oh, so, yeah. That's, essentially, what that's is, that's Drake. Oh, that's Joey. Ten minutes, and then he's like, "Ah." Oh. Nas, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. This guy is at like a god level shit when it comes to production. Like it's actually insane. Like I'd actually really love to like sit down and like hear you kind of speak on this process more. But like just to hear you, like you know, like the way you're it's describing awful. this process is amazing. And um, so you know, you just hear it and then you reach out to them. And Static thanked us for this. He said thanks for these great questions and for this awesome collaboration. And thanks Static for everything, for these amazing answers, for the potential excitement, hopefully not the false hope, but the actual hope that we are going to get an album between you and Joey Badass. Static, I appreciate the hell out of you. Hope you like my review. I'm going to drop on your collab with Code of the Friend later. Um, thank you so much for all of this. And Are you releasing that before or after you release it? I'm going to do it. This is going to come out at 1 p.m. Eastern time obviously monday podcast episodes every monday and then i'm probably going to drop the review like four or five eastern time so uh, yeah. look basically how this is going to static selected day on fantastic hip-hop tomorrow as as you're done listening it's just like oh let me check the static select the code of the friend review 
That's essentially how it's going to work on Monday. It, it's maybe we'll get maybe I'm going to drop maybe maybe I'll drop a producer overview on Static Selector too tomorrow. Maybe maybe we're just going to be Static Selector day. We'll see. Listen, we'll see. Static Selector Monday. That's crazy. Dude, we we do this every week. We every every guest we get on, we just have like a whole week dedicated. We have a whole day of posts dedicated, and that would be dope. That but um. Thanks again. Thanks again, Static. Appreciate it. Always welcome. Um, thank you for everything you've done for hip hop for us. Just means the world to me. But um, yeah, you got any closing words for Static? Thanks, man. Thanks for everything you do. Not only this, but just thanks for what you do for hip hop, man. You're you're a legend, man. And um, also again, tell minor Joey said hi. I love Joey. You know. Yeah. Tell tell, tell tell Joey. Tell Joey we're waiting for that album. Tell Joey, fan, yo, fantastic hip hop needs this album. You better drop it. But um, we are going to move on to our next segment, and um, probably this will be the closing, um, you know, whatever the segment, question, whatever you want to do. We're doing fan questions. You guys loved the first episode. We talked about everything you guys submitted. I have handpicked some of the best questions you guys submitted on my Instagram on Friday night, and we are going to go through some of the best ones, and we're going to start out with a very, very layered question. And this is from, I hope I pronounced this right. Kari Ramos 523. He's saying, what's the best Man on the Moon album? Oh, easy. Easy. <laughs> what is it? One. It's not even close. It's not even, I can accept two as an answer, but it's absolutely definitely not three. <laughs> That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> it's absolutely I. I like three. I thought three was good, but I do agree with that. I think it's definitely between one and two. Now, this debate, though, I, I do see people who will say three. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm more on the minority in this answer, but I go with two. I think two improves on one. I think one, it's a, you know, great entry point into the world of Kid Cudi. You learn about his fears, his paranoia. You have a great intoxicating soundscape crafted by Kanye, Mike Dean. Such great direction in that project. But I think two is just a lot better. I think it offers a lot more, whether that's in Cuddy's dialogue, whether that's in his vocals, you see a lot more of his vocal range and the production's a lot more testing. I mean, you get sort of like rock anthems in like Erase Me and then you get these psychedelic cuts that would end up like preluding some of the biggest artists of the latter half of the decade's career, like Travis Scott, Future. So there's so much importance in this album. And I think it's, just as great musically, and I, I think it's better musically. I think so sadness, I, I, I think I'm going with two. The sadness and the emotion of one is what are unbeatable. The top for me. Yeah, it is absolutely one of the most important mental health albums ever. Of when course. it comes to, it. and if not the most important mental health album, Kid Cudi is important to that wave where. Um, what he does is, is he makes rapping about your feelings and your emotions and your mental health. Um, he makes, he normalizes that. That's what he does. And this is the album that is super influential and important to that. Um, and he opens up a whole new alley by him doing that. He opens it up for guys like, uh, yay, uh, to make 808s and heartbreaks. And then well, he made it, 808s came out before, but. Yeah, he did. He did prelude the sound with kid the a kid named Cuddy, the mixtape he dropped. Which so, so you're right, technically about Cuddy, okay. but listen, yeah. yay, he but opened he, the lane for Mac Miller to go on his little, you know, because Mac Miller uh, released a lot of emotional he normal, mental yeah. health yeah. albums. 
he, he normalized depressive hip hop. And then finally healed the lane for dudes like XXX Tentacion. Um, and I want to say he kind of creates um, a certain element of emo rap. I don't want to say he creates emo rap. I think I think he created a lot of what modern hip hop is. You know, if you go back to before Man on the Moon, before Kid Cudi, you had a more a genre that never really expressed emotions. And if they did, it was very brief. Maybe you get a song on an Outkast album or a Nas album talking about some problems. And, you know, those are moments of, you know, passionate. They were passionate. They were heartfelt. But you never saw that full scope. Once Kid Cudi came around, guys weren't afraid to express their emotions. I mean, you had hardcore rappers from the 90s like Jay-Z and Nas who made albums talking about their problems, talking about their health, mental health, their emotional health, how they feel, their inner feelings, which is something we've never gotten from them. Obviously, guys like Kendrick Lamar have never been afraid to talk about their emotions, talk about how they want to die. You know, that list goes on with Earl Sweatshirt, Danny Brown. Kanye West has gotten a lot more vulnerable, although he's always been pretty vulnerable, but not to the level of Cuddy. So yeah, definitely. And then obviously his sound, that vibrant, melodic, psychedelic sound has transferred to guys like Travis Scott, even a little, you know, Drake, obviously Young Thug, Future, a lot of the trap guys. So he's inspired pretty much everyone from Earl Sweatshirt to Travis Scott, which I think, again, is astronomically huge. And Kid Cudi is obviously amazing, but obviously I'm going to go Man on the Moon 2 with my answer. I'm not switching that. I think Man on the Moon 1 is more influential, but I think Man on the Moon 2 is the better album. I think uh, you, have, you have one more Drake left because you just said him again. You only have I one. I think I have one, yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to move on to the next question, which is from Maxim, Maxim Flath. He is asking, will this upcoming Pusha T and Mad Lib collab album, which has been confirmed, we don't know when it's coming out, but it has been confirmed, will it be better than the Mad, Gib al- Mad Gibbs albums, which are Pinata, Bandana, Freddie Gibbs, and Mad Lib? So will the Push, push Lib be better than Mad Gibbs? I'm going easily yes. Madlib has the special ability to elevate any rapper to a level that they've never been seen at. So whether that's MF Doom with Mad Villainy, whether that's Freddie Gibbs with the Mad Gibbs collaborations, um, he's brought these dudes to levels that they've never been able to see. So going off that basis and the fact that Pusha T works very well with producers, you know, Kanye West, Pharrell Williams over the years, I see no reason why Pushlib may not be one of like the best hip hop albums of all time. Freddie Gibbs on his own is great. But he doesn't hit that level of anywhere near Pusha T on his own. So now you're putting Pusha T in this mix with arguably the greatest producer of all time. You you got something special on hands. I'm saying this will be easily better. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna easily take Pusha T and Pushlip. We'll just call it Pushlip. Yeah, that's <laughs> not that. You just merge the names at this. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's it's. Uh, I think Pusha is just a more talented rapper. And Gibbs, yeah, um, I agree. A more experienced rapper than Gibbs is, um, and that's that's all it comes down. That to. really, yeah, I think I think Push is just a lot better than Gibbs, you know, skill set wise, on his own wise, you know, solo catalog wise, and I think that you know it's going to transfer to his work with Madlib. It's going to be called bring crazy out- for this, by the way. We could be you- we could be called crazy for this, by the way, because I think that we may be taking the not as popular take right now because Freddie Gibbs is kind of on like a, a hot streak. A, yeah. A hot, he, a hot streak he's like, yeah. Nomination. A lot of people say he should have won it. Um, and uh, it's just, we could be yeah. called crazy. We, but I we think could, but I, I don't wildly better artist. I don't, I, I agree. I think, you know, obviously I Gibbs has, him. Gibbs has this Gibbs whole career. Although Gibbs solo catalog is underrated. Alfredo is great. Gibbs, 
top work, his peak is with Madlib. And again, I just think on his own push it, he scorches Gibbs out of the water when you're talking about solo catalog wise. So again, I just think you add Madlib to push it, you're going to get 10 times the power, maybe even more than what Madlib got out of Gibbs. That album is going to be insane when it comes out. Like, I think that will be probably like a top 10 rap album of all time. I think that's the ceiling for it. I think that's how good it could be. Um, I am super excited for that album. So we're both saying yes. So we're green on something. And now this is going to be a new segment we're going to do every week. So this, usually I'm the one asking the questions. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> this is going to be the Anthony question of the week. So how you're going to be able to submit these questions, you've got to go to Anthony's Instagram page, which is anthony.justice. And you either, he'll have don't a question. Promote my, don't promote it wrong. Don't promote it incorrectly. It's anthony.justice. What is it? It's Anthony underscore dot justice. I forgot. Okay. I'm one underscore yeah. off. My bad. Fire me. Then people go to Anthony dot justice. And then I got to find you. Yeah. So go to, go to Anthony underscore dot justice. Okay. You know, have underscore dot justice. And um, you're either, you can DM him or he may have a question, you know, tab on his Instagram story, post it and throw him a question because we're going to be answering one of these every week. And it's going to be a lot easier to get your question picked from Anthony's group than my group because, I mean, usually like hundreds of you guys are submitting questions. So, I mean, you know, Anthony had like one question this week because it wasn't really publicized. But, um, you know, you know, hopefully more of you guys can get representation going through there. So, um, yeah, be sure to do that. So, Anthony, what is the question you were asked this week? Let me, let me talk about this for a second. So, all I'm saying is, guys, it's pure mathematics. You look at fantastic underscore hip hop. You look, what is it, 14.2 follow, 14.2K followers now? Yes, sir. 14.2K. You look at mine, 84 followers. Okay, so I had one person submit a question this week, and therefore, by default, question is being asked. Okay, congratulations to that one person. Yes, congratulations. So uh, this one goes out to James dot zero three um, swag. Sorry, James dot zero three swag. Um, Shout out to James. I hope you. I hope you're really swag. Like if you're not really swag, I mean, you're just a capper. Like I don't know. Uh, so he's telling us. That is an extension of the question we answered last week in regards to Tyler, the creator. Um, he said that Tyler is a great artist, but he's a really great producer, not a great rapper. Do you agree or disagree with this take? Okay, so I don't disagree. I don't agree with this take. Um, I agree with half of it. I do agree he's a great producer, but I just want to say before, you know, for those who are confused, you missed the pilot episode, I guess. So first of all, just get good at life and watch the pilot. But um, what are you, you doing know- with like, like, come on! If you're not watching the Fantastic Hip Hop podcast, like, what are you doing? Like, math, school, like, reading get, books. Get with the program. Like, what are you reading? Like, uh, I don't even know any books, but books are great. Moby Dick. Mo- yeah, I mean, stop reading Moby Dick and cities. Start listening to real audio commentary. Go to the talking about the art of hip hop. So, of what Mike I'm gonna men. We get it. There's books. And so what I'm going to say last week, um, Ramona rap review. He said to us, he said that Tyler creator is not a good artist. He's not a good rapper. His best album is flower boy. And that's a seven. And I think he did go back on that take a little, cause I was talking to him about it this week. Ramona's an awesome dude. Shout out to Ramona. But he said that he wasn't good. And this got a lot of people angry, including me and you. And so now James swag is following this, this up by saying that Tyler is a great producer but he's not a good rapper. Is that where we're at? Uh, yes. Yes, that is where we're at. Right no. Now. Tyler can rap. 
all right, listen, Tyler is no Kendrick Lamar. He's no Benny the Butcher. He's no Earl Sweatshirt. He's not an S-tier lyricist. He isn't a God-level lyricist, but he's above average. He is definitely an above-average lyricist. This guy, especially when you throw him in with lyrical titans, like when he knows he's going against someone big, whether that's like ASAP Rocky on Who That Boy, or he's hopping on like a Gibbs track on, um, you know, something to rap about on Alfredo, or even when he's just hopping on like a little Yachty song like this year with TD, which had Tierra Whack and Yachty and Rocky, like... This dude kills shit. He can rap. His words, his punchlines, his flow, his cadence, it all comes so naturally. And, I mean, he's been doing this for a decade at this point. You know, literally off the initial track off Bastard, this guy can rap. He has never – I don't think his rapping ability has ever been a question. Maybe you think he's, you know, missed artistry-wise. I think, I think it's the idea that he kind of has an odd voice, which, by the way, I like the voice. I think the, the that voice is even – that's like – I mean, well, he's saying he's not a good rapper. So I guess that's 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 the whole that's taking everything into an account. Yeah. But yeah, but I he's mean, a great I voice. Mean, his voice makes him so I, powerful. I, that that <laughs> that that dark voice, it, it makes him so abrasive and it makes everything he says so either grimy or funny. You like, you know what I'm saying? Not a good impersonation. Listen, listen, last week yeah. I had I had impersonation of the week with Lil Wayne. I think I just went back to back, but no, I guess I guess, An- I guess Anthony's disagreeing with me. Yeah, oh, what was the thing? I was, I was the big... static selector tag. You, uh, okay. The uh, <laughs> what's the? You know that line that he does that. Um, okay. Um, okay. okay. But, but but um, I, I, this Tyler's great, man. Tyler's great. I think he is. I'm he can he can rap. He can curate. He can organize. He can produce. This dude is an all-around threat. He is probably the most well-rounded artist of our the generation. Flag just hasn't clearly. Listen to uh, Yonkers or Tamale, clearly. Um, fun I think fun fact. I want to add a fun fact. What were you going to say? Go ahead. I think he is a great producer, but I think he's a, of course. He's a great rapper. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go with an underrated rapper. I think his, yeah, I think some people, you know, his rapping ability never, I don't I don't know if there's a bad title of the creative verse. He brings his heart to everything. But my fun fact, you just mentioned the song Yonkers. Now, the song Yonkers by Tyler the Creator, obviously super renowned, super popular for whether that's the music video where he eats the cockroach or the lines. Obviously, you know, there's so many iconic lines. I'm a fucking walking paradox. Stab Bruno Mars in his goddamn esophagus. Like, there's just so many lines of controversy. This is honestly like the, um, this song is like the equivalent to My Name Is by Eminem of our generation. And I just want to say the funny thing is, so obviously we're New Yorkers, me and Anthony, both born and raised New York. Um, the story behind this song Yonkers is Tyler Creator took a trip to the city of Yonkers, which is a city that some other you know big hip hop artists are from, Jada Kiss, um, Styles P, Sheik Louch, who are the locks, obviously, are all from there. DMX is from there as well. I'm sure there's some other guys, but um, you know, Tyler the Creator took a trip to the city and it inspired him to write this crazy song which is just super funny because i mean you know obviously we live in new york we've been from the song that's how you... <laughs> that that's because he kills himself that's what makes the fun fact awesome is that this he wrote a song that he kills himself in and calls it yonkers that's how yonkers and makes him feel it, it's just it's funny you know as a new yorker you know like that's that's i was born in yonkers like that's that's my city so like you know i guess we as the yonkers community we made how the creator kill himself so W Yonkers, DMX, let's go out on the town. <laughs> this song. <laughs> but um, that was my fun fact of the day. So now we're going to go back to the fantastic questions. And this Remember, next... Remember, guys, one more time, follow Anthony underscore dot justice. Get your questions submitted next week.
I like that. That sounded very assertive. Oh, sounded sounded like you were yeah. It sounded like you were making an advertisement for a TV or something like yeah, Saul Goodman. Has- I fight for you. So I know who Saul Goodman is. Breaking Bad, obviously. I'm, I'm a lot of people watch Breaking Bad in my community. I'm sure they know what you're talking about. That sounded but, like um, nobody. I'm putting that in my bio right now. Saul Goodman. I'll do it. Yeah. Skinny, skinny Saul Goodman. Okay, so our next question is coming from a day one supporter. He's a good kid from a terrible city. Shout out to Rob Cypher. And he is asking, who is more influential, Eminem or Kid Cudi? And the reason I picked this question is because the other night, me and Anthony, we were debating about who is more influential. He was kind of angry that I put Eminem at ninth on my most influential rappers of all time list. And I put Cuddy at seven. I put Cuddy over him. He was saying, you know, Eminem should be way higher. So he was pretty pissed about that. And then we were, you know, it was like a, it was a um, late night, like 3am we were playing 2k. It was a late debate. Things got pretty heated. So I thought, you know, we'd refuel this fire and try to talk civilly in front of our amazing audience about who is more influential, Eminem or Kid Cudi? I'm going to let you take this one first. Oh, essentially, this is the news segment, right? The the rejuvenated PS4 arguments. I, um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> this is a, the news segment. Um, basically, as a good friend of Mr. Fantastic, what I constantly do is just go through his posts and constantly antagonize him <laughs> for stuff <laughs> I don't agree with. Um but yeah, I don't agree with this. I was very upset about Eminem's placement on this list. And essentially what this, what this argument comes down to is the person who values individual influence versus the business aspect in the whole genre of hip hop. And what I look at it as is that Kid Cudi is influential to the sound and to a subgenre of hip hop. He normalizes yeah. what becomes you know the, the um, emotional side of it rapping emotionally he, and, yeah. and and um yeah rapping emotionally he, and he, and he, he made it cool a to big be. lane opens a big lane for mental health yeah whereas eminem touches the pinnacle of hip-hop especially in the mainstream when it comes yeah. to this ultimate superstar um that just hadn't been seen and still honestly to this day has not been seen by anybody else um, Eminem, right, yeah. and I think he brings millions and millions upon millions of fans into hip hop. He really makes it a larger genre, and you don't have, sorry, excuse me, as many labels, as many people, and as, as many, many new fans. rappers as you see in today's rap game without him. The rap game just simply isn't as big, it isn't as well funded, and it just isn't as it, it isn't as successful as as it is today without Eminem. Not speaking on his success, on his new stuff, on his old stuff. I'm just saying that hip hop and rap in general, even music in general, becomes more available because of Eminem. Yeah, I think you made great points, and I like how you kind of brought up you know the arguments for both sides. And I think this one really is going to come down to what you value as a person, what makes you know, someone more influential in your opinion, because again, Cuddy did normalize being personal, being emotional, showing that vulnerability in your music. And that has touched everyone from, you know, literally the hard gangster rappers like Freddie Gibbs, old guys like Jay-Z and Nas. We saw them kind of step into a more introspective, emotional side on 444, Life is Good, which is something they never did. And then, you know, once Man on the Moon dropped, 
everything started to change. Kendrick Lamar obviously has never been, you know, afraid to talk about his problems. Danny Brown, Earl Sweatshirt, even some of the trap guys, Futures made some dark stuff. Travis Scott's got his moments. So, I mean, really, Kid Cudi's influence has touched everyone. Then you look at it on the other side. You have to acknowledge that Eminem has, you know, been the commercial titan of hip hop. He is, I think, the highest selling artist of our generation, of the entire century, if I'm not wrong. But he's definitely the highest selling rapper. And I think, you know, that's something that it speaks for itself in the fact that his magnitude on the people of hip hop has been huge. I mean, so many people have gotten into hip hop through Eminem. He's been a gateway drug. He's been a gateway into the genre. So I think it kind of depends on, you know, what you're valuing, whether that's the musical quality and, you know, the actual sound of the music or again, the commercial side and how big the genre is as a medium. So, yeah, I do think, you know, depends on what you value. And I'm trying to look at it through both sides here, especially because, you know, me and Anthony have been heated in this debate. We went over all the points. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to keep this is like we're trying to do the PG version right now. But um, yeah, what, we're, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post a poll on my inf- Instagram story and, you know, I'm going to ask who's more influential, Eminem or Kid Cudi. So be sure to vote on that because I am super curious to see what you guys think, what you guys value more. But I do think this is a very layered debate. It's a very great topic and we could really go back and forth trying to figure this out for like a whole episode, maybe even more. We could we could really run this up for like two, three hours, I think, you know. I, I think what it ultimately comes down to is that Cudi just doesn't have I don't think he's the first person to ever be emotional. I just think he's the first person to kind of he he helps the new mental health wave, which is obviously huge even today, where you see it everywhere. Yeah, and it's everywhere. Dudes like you know they there's a huge there was a huge wave of emo rap for a little bit. Even the biggest show on Broadway right now is Dear Evan Hansen, which is a, a it goes into a lot of uh, uh, mental and, and depression and, yeah. and a lot of stuff that people struggle with on the inside. I just it, he was kind of the first one to put it together into a whole album about his mental health. Whereas yeah, definitely a lot of people, I mean, even Eminem, even Eminem put together, you know, a lot of stuff that he was going through. He just didn't put it into an emotional aspect. It was more of a, there's moments of it. Yes. Moments a lot of, of rappers. Never, yeah. I mean, even, even Nas and, and dudes going farther back have put together emotional stuff. It's just, he's kind of the first one to put it into. And that's why I'm saying it's not like he's the first person ever to just be emotional. He's yeah. the first one to put it into a conceptual I think, though, album. That's, that's the thing. I think, you know, we were just talking about Man on the Moon 1 and Kid Cudi's influence as a whole earlier. Like, I think having that, you know, having that drive, having that skill to put this whole body of work together, show that you can, you know, make a great album while being emotional, expressing your true feelings, not trying to make these hard you know, covered up bangers of who you are. It really, you know, opens up an entire aspect of hip hop and music as a whole, really. But I mean, yeah, you know, as the thing you were saying, a lot of these artists have had moments, songs where they touch on it. That goes back, you know, Jay-Z on Song Cry. Andre 3000 has his moments. You can go back ages. But I mean, I think the only other rappers who are really notable that you can even credit for anything along the lines that Kid Cudi has done would come in the underground when you're talking about the group Atmosphere, which is a underground duo from Minnesota. They're composed of the rapper Slug, who is a huge influence to a lot of guys, Drake, Cuddy, he has been super important in normalizing again emotions. And I think he definitely did set up a little bit of a blueprint for Cuddy to run with and their producer, Ant, who again helped kind of layer that emotional backdrop throughout their times. God loves the ugly. Um, that's one of their, you know, key albums that did spur that moment. But I think Cuddy definitely did run with it. I think Cuddy 
is super influential. And I think Eminem is also super, super influential, but we're going to agree to disagree on this one. We really are never going to convince each other either side, I think. But I think both arguments do have good points. So again, let us know, vote on that poll. And any other points you'd like to add, DM me, shoot it a reply on my story, do whatever, because this is a great debate. So those are our fan questions. Thank you for submitting. Make sure, you know, to shoot Anthony a question. We're going to be answering one of those. Maybe we'll answer more next week. And for our final segment of today, we are going to be going over our hypothetical. We're going to do like a weekly hypothetical. And last week we talked about if MF Doom and Biggie were in a rap battle, who would win? And we both sided with Biggie, although we do think Doom is a better lyricist. It was a very interesting debate, really challenged us. And I'm sure it challenged you guys, the listeners at home. But today, this one might be even harder. We keep talking about Eminem. Eminem has probably been the star of this podcast, star of this show. He's really, he's been name dropped. Him and Drake, him and Drake have been name dropped like a hundred times. But um, we just are talking, what'd you say? Just ran out of attempt. I just ran out. <laughs> I, Erica, you better take our host job because I, I'm, I'm out now. This is my last episode. But um, we are talking about now if Eminem and Nasty Escobar Nas had a rap battle, who would win? I'm taking my man Nas. Although Eminem is the battle rapper, although Eminem is ferocious, I think Nas has a certain level of greatness. He's at a certain level of greatness, and he's so efficient, so profound. He doesn't choke. I just, I'm taking Nas. I I think Nas has got this one. Also, what is Eminem going to diss Nas about? I think Nas is a lot more to work with if they were in a rap battle. What do you think? You ain't seen 8 Mile? I've seen Eight Mile, yeah. You ain't seen Eight Mile with Drake, right? The one with Drake. <laughs> you're all out. You're where, all where, out. where he's in the wheelchair. You're all out. Okay, you're all out of Drakes. You can't drop any more Drakes. Um, I don't. I don't know, man. I've. I, Eminem made his name through battle rapping. That's what he did. I know. Um, That's why this is so tough. And could he go off of anything? I mean, he could, he could just pick up where Jay-Z left off, right? Where Jay-Z had to apologize. (laughs) Um, But I, I genuinely, Nas is a much more talented artist with a better discography. And I don't even think it's really close. Yeah. Um, But when it comes to who the battle rapper is, I'm taking Eminem. Eminem has gotten into this much more times, but much more people is much, much more experienced when it comes to, to uh, uh, dissing guys. And ultimately, I just he's he's just much more ferocious. He's used to that kind of environment. He grew up in that kind of not saying Nas didn't, but Nas is a much more poetic, um, poetic, yeah, poetic rapper stories yeah. through his rap. Eminem, yeah. you've seen do it on multiple occasions, go after a lot of dudes. OK, and Eminem doesn't ever hold back with anything that he's ever said. Still to this day, and maybe he should start doing that, but Eminem is not one that's known for shying away from the truth or what he thinks at least is the truth. And I think that's a great point. I think Eminem definitely, you know, has the fire and the will to take Nas down. But if we were looking at his track record, and I mean, this is a a rap battle, so they're going face to face. They're not, you know, writing diss tracks, but besides his battle rap career, which I mean, there's not much documentation on it. Obviously, I'm not I'm not trying to take away his greatness. I'm just saying, you know, we don't really know the specifics outside of, you know, eight mile and some stories. But Eminem's track record against other rappers is not that strong. I mean, most of the people he's dissed have been, you know, celebrities, Benzino, 
um, Mariah Carey. I mean, the only two rappers he's actually ever, you know, been in some sort of cold war or actual war with has been cannabis and machine gun Kelly. And I don't really think those are posing threats, no disrespect to cannabis. And that never took off, you know, to the level that it could have been. I love cannabis is great. And he's definitely, you know, one of the better lyricists this genre has seen. Well, Nas, on the other one, who won Jay-Z or Nas in your opinion? Now this is tough because the thing is diss tracks are one of the things that I think the culture deems your winner. You know what I mean? I think that there's a certain level. I think that takeover is the better track between takeover and ether. I think though ether was a harder blow at the time. I think the people perceived it that way. And then I think once Jay-Z released the follow-up to ether, super ugly and you know, that whole mess got into it and his mother got into it. That was like, Jay-Z kind of, you know, he, he lost he himself that battle. He apologized. Although, yeah. Although I think TakeOver is the best track from that whole war. But in the public's eyes, Nas took down Jay-Z. And I think, you know, obviously Nas is at that level where he can go head to head with someone on Jay-Z's magnitude. He's almost went into, you know, full-on wars with other dudes. Black thought him and Nas, they almost went into beef. I don't know if you knew that, but... um. That's actually a super cool story where they were at a tour and I think something, I don't remember the full story. I have a post about it from months ago, but they, they almost went at it. And, um, you know, this dude is not scared to go against any of these great lyricists. And I, I just think Nas can out him. I think especially, I mean, if you're talking right now, Nas is burning him out of the water, but in their primes, I still take in Nas, but I say it's a seven game series. I say it's tough. I just think Nas is just a better writer. I think he's a better spitter. I think he's his wittiness will be able to pull him out of this. Where Eminem, I think he'll give his all, but I just don't think he'll be able to pull through. I think Eminem's taking it around the clock. Today, next next year, <laughs> past 10 years, whenever it is, I think Eminem's so you, taking it. So you think, you think right now Nas, Eminem would beat him? I think I'm a bigger Nas fan than the average person. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that Eminem is, is just – he's got way too much – and by the way, when you're going up against those guys, like honestly, when I, when I heard the Machine Gun Kelly track, I was like, that's a great track. But in order to beat somebody like Eminem, you have to put a track that's above and beyond because Eminem doesn't even have to say a whole lot because the, ultimately Eminem's just a bigger name. And the reality is that Eminem doesn't have to do much. All Eminem has to do is – look at me. I'm giving you fans right now as we speak because I am Eminem. And now he can't do that. You are Eminem. Yeah. What? You yes, are Eminem. Like you, Eminem. you are Eminem. Okay. Just, just making sure. Yeah. Should I stand up? So can you, can you tell us about that? Like um, that R and Anna line that we were talking about last week? What, what yeah, inspired R, you R to write that Eminem? Uh, so basically what I was thinking was I saw an orange. Okay. And then I saw a banana. I was like, that's dope. I think that was the best impression of the week. I, I think you might have just taken it from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, but I'm just – I think that – obviously, I think Nas has more to go off of because Eminem has been very open about everything that has ever happened in his life ever. Yeah. Um, when it comes to his marriage, his divorce. His musical, his, so there's a lot more to make music. fun of. I mean, Joyner Lucas, <laughs> he's been very open about everything. Joyner Lucas is just the second greatest rapper of all time. Yeah, him in his top 20. We might, you know, we, next episode, we're going to continue this Eminem craze. We might have to go over Eminem's goat list because that's actually in a hilarious list. I talked about that months ago on my website when it first opened up. Yeah. But, um, yeah so, so I just, 
I think Eminem is just more ferocious. And I think that he is fighting for a lot less because Eminem amongst the world has already set his place. Not saying that Nas hasn't, but Eminem is. Eminem, to the mainstream, I think, yeah, M is definitely in a higher stature. Yes, absolutely. We were just talking about it a second ago. Yeah. Eminem touches the absolute pinnacle of rap. But he I, touches but... the absolute peak. And I understand that he's not there anymore, but he doesn't really have anything that he's fighting for anymore. Nas just got his Grammy. Literally, literally just got his Grammy. <laughs> literally like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> just got his first one. Eminem is like, ah, that's one for you? That's one for you, kid? I got like 18 or some shit like that. <laughs> that's one for you, kid? Yeah. yeah. Once again, I'm a bigger Nas fan than the regular person. I love Nas. Nas is a better artist. He's more talented. He's got a better discography. But when it comes to a rap battle, I'd be a little scared if I was Nas. That's I listen. I, I think I think that's a reasonable take. Um, you know, although I disagree, I think it's a W either way. Whoever you're picking, I think both sides have strong arguments. So, yeah, I think it's a great debate. So again, be sure to vote on both polls on my Instagram story. Super curious to see what you have to say. Eminem really has you know been in our mouths huge this episode, but um, you know we're going over an hour now, and I'm gonna tell you guys that um, you know, we're wrapping this up. We are you know. People said last episode was a little too long, and it did. It did get out of hand. You know, new to, we're new to this podcasting thing. We kind of lost track of time. We were having a little too much fun answering your questions. So we are going to wrap this up now. Again, next episode, we are going to be interviewing J.R. Swift's the one and only renowned producer. Again, has worked with guys like Elzai, West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, so many names. This guy has so many stories to tell us, and you guys are going to have a blast of listening to everything he has to say. I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. Let's push this up the charts. Let's get higher than 98 this time. We have set a goal, me and Anthony, to get all the way to Quest Loves Podcast, which is at 21. Eventually, that's our ultimate goal. We've been our ultimate been, goal is to get is to get past Quest Love and then get Quest Love on the podcast, so that way he <laughs> needs us for clout. Yeah, that's what our goal is. As we we've already we've already beaten out the Fat Joe show. Um, they beat out and, a couple other Nick shows. Cannon. Nick Cannon. Yeah, the Nick Cannon show. I mean, another person Eminem's had problems with. See, Eminem, I mean, we're friends. We're both beating the shit out of Nick Cannon. I mean, we both got that in common. But, um, well, yeah, again. I picked Eminem twice. By the way, we're going 2-0 and in the polls. I promise. Well, let's make a little deal right now. If I go 2-0 and in the polls, I get all of 100% of Fantastic Hip Hop. If I go 0 and 2, then you can fix it. I'll dye my hair red or something like that. All right. Just let's do you. that. Let's do that. We'll do that. We're, ma- we're making it right here. But, um, all right. So tune in next week to see Anthony's hair dyed red and to see what JR Swifts has to say. This is going to be a great, great next episode. I hope you guys enjoyed everything today. I hope you guys enjoyed my opinions, my Drake love, Anthony's craze for Eminem. This was super fun. I'm just telling you how it is. Okay. I don't even really like him, but the reality (laughs) is somebody's got to say how it is. Napkins. Um, That's an awfully hot coffee pot. (laughs) Um, Eminem, don't cancel us. Don't Eminem. Eminem, don't cancel us. Um, He's gonna cancel you if anybody. I've I've had enough. I've had enough problems with fan bases. You know, we'll, we'll we'll keep it at that. But um, all right, we're going to wrap this up. Everyone, have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. Hopefully, you're starting off your week right by listening to this. 
And we have a ton of reviews coming out this week. We're going to have more content. We have a YouTube video on guess who Eminem coming out this week. We're ranking his, all of his albums. So that's going to be a super interesting one. And we got more coming. So again, we have so much stuff coming with that on the PS4 chat. Can't gonna, that, we'll be talking about that next week, probably too, but um, more Eminem. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are not sponsored by Drake and um, fantastic hip hop is signing out. Peace.